Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. We want to welcome those of you who've tuned in today, wherever you tuned in from. We know there's so many of you who tune in up and down the front range of the Rockies here in Colorado and southern Wyoming. So welcome to the program, those of you listening on Grace FM today. We also want to say hello to everybody who's listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. So glad to have you with us and part of this Calvary Live family. And we're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So we're just so glad to see how the show is being used and heard and available to so many people in different areas. So wherever you tuned in today, welcome to the program. We want to remind you, those of you who are listening on the East Coast in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So that means you're hearing the show a week after it airs. Uh, but we would still love for you to call in, and then you'll be able to hear yourself, listen, tune in the following week, and you'll actually be able to hear yourself on the radio. So cool opportunity for you. But we also want to say hello to those of you who listen online. We know there's so many of you who tune in via the mobile app or via the website. Welcome to the program. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Here at the front end of the show is always kind of the best time to get on if you have a question. We tend to get a lot of calls that uh, get, as the show goes on, we get more and more calls. But if you have a question that you've been wanting to ask, usually here at the beginning of the show is a great time to call in. Again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Just give us a call or text us. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Again, that text number, 720-336-0897. So just a few words about myself. I am the host every Monday here on Calvary Live, but I'm filling in today on Tuesday for Pastor Jeff Figs from Calvary Chapel Greeley. He is away, so I am filling in for him today. Again, my name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado that loves Jesus, loves to study his word, loves to worship him. And uh, our church, for those of you who are in the Longmont, Colorado area, our church meets in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. So that's right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman, right there in downtown. And that is the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is kind of a large historic building here in downtown Longmont and pretty prominent place. It's right on the corner of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. Pretty well known amongst uh, people here in town, kind of the center of a lot of things that go on. It's where all the parades start and all that stuff. So we're really 
uh, happy to be part and like an integral part of the Longmont community. So we meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for worship and the word. And we have a full children's ministry and junior high ministry, too, that meets on Sunday mornings. And so if you would uh, be in the area and looking for a church, we'd love for you to come and visit us and worship with us, whether you're in Longmont proper or in some of the surrounding towns like Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, uh, Erie, Lafayette, uh, Berthoud. Lions, North Boulder, wherever you're at in the surrounding area too. We would love for you to come and worship with us here in Longmont at Whitefields Community Church. If you need directions or any more information, you can find all that good stuff at whitefieldschurch.com. That's our website, whitefieldschurch.com. Again, this is Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. If you have questions that have come up in your Bible reading, or if you have um, issues going on in your life that you'd like to get a biblical perspective on, or if you just want prayer, we would love to hear from you and pray for you and answer those questions. You can also hear me on uh, weekdays. I just remember to tell you this. Uh, weekdays at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We have a show that airs here on Grace FM uh, with our teachings from Whitefields. It's called Life in the Field. And the idea in that title is what it means to live our lives in God's mission field. In other words, the whole world is God's mission field. It's the world for which he gave his son, Jesus, and it's the world that he loves. And so we know that our calling as Christians is to be those who live our lives, but live our lives on mission with God in his mission field. As the as we're waiting for calls and texts to come in, I'll just tell you about a cool event that we're organizing. Uh, it's coming up in just three weeks. Uh, actually, yeah, three weeks almost exactly. So it's called the Expositors Collective. And the Expositors Collective, you can find out more information by going to expositorscollective.com. What the Expositors Collective is, is it is a two-day intensive seminar. It's going to be hosted at Calvary Aurora. And this is the second event that we've done like this. Uh, so uh, myself and a few other pastors around the country just have a vision for helping to raise up the next generation of Christ-centered expository preachers who can divide the word rightly. And so we've designed this seminar. It's a two-day seminar. It's really interactive. So we have a couple teachings, kind of like TED Talk style teachings. So they're, they're shorter as, a, as opposed to like whole sermons. They're, they're really teachings on a topic that relates to uh, dividing up the scriptures and, and breaking down the scriptures expositorily, which means exposing what is the meaning of the text that's inherent in the text, and then presenting that. And so we have uh, several small talks on that, and then everybody's going to be in groups of about six people per group. And we're going to work through those things, and there'll be a lot of practical application. And we limit this to people ages 18 to 34, because our, really our goal is about raising up the next generation. We also have a limited number of spaces available, so it's 150 spaces available, and, uh, and we expect that to fill up. And so if, you, if that sounds like something that you would be interested in, or maybe you know somebody else who would be interested in it, please uh, send them this link, go to this website, and sign up soon, because we want to make sure that you get a spot before the spots fill up. The website, again, is expositorscollective.com. So expositorscollective.com. And I'm going to be a part of that. Um, Pastor Ed Taylor is going to be a part of it. Several others who are on Grace FM who have shows. Uh, so we, we would love for you to 
be a part of that or send other people our way. Again, the dates for that are July 20th and 21st in Aurora at Calvary Aurora. July 20th and 21st. And it's going to be starting about 1 p.m. on Friday the 20th. And then there will be, it'll end at eight, about 8 p.m. on Friday the 20th. And then we'll start again on Saturday the 21st. And we'll go from, I think it's 9 a.m. to like 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. or something like that. And um, anyway, all that information is on the Expositors Collective website. And we would love to uh, have you be a part of that if that's something that you could benefit from or something that other people could benefit from. It's something that is not just uh, specific to Calvary Chapel. We have uh, some other people. I just had a meeting today with a pastor friend of mine from Lyons, Colorado, just down the road from us. And they're going to be sending some people from the River Church in Lyons. And so we're excited to see how God is going to use the Expositors Collective. We had our first one of these um, in March in Thousand Oaks, California, out in the uh, just Ventura County, uh, Southern California, and it went really well. We, we had a full house and just so many young people coming out, and I love that. I love it when young people are like, hey, I want to serve the Lord. I want to learn how to present the scriptures and preach the gospel and, and teach others, and so that's our, that's our goal and our desire with the Expositors Collective. Uh, one of the questions that people often ask is, is this only for men or is it also for women? And the answer to that is, it is also for women. So it's for men and women. It's for both. You know, there's so many ladies who teach in different areas of churches with women's ministry, youth ministries, or children's ministry, stuff like that. And we want them to be equipped with the tools that they need to also uh, teach well and do these things well. So you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And we have all open lines right now, so this is the time for you to call in with your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you, pray for you, uh, talk with you. The number to call, again, is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. tell you about another event that we have coming up in Longmont for those of you who are in the area is that we have Rhythm on the River is coming up on the 13th and 14th of July so next Friday and Saturday and that Rhythm on the River is kind of the big festival here in Longmont it's a music festival right on the St. Vrain River and uh, lots of stuff going on there's a running race part of it as well and so we are going to be having a booth there for Whitefields and we would love for you to stop by so if you are planning to be at Rhythm on the River do uh, come by and visit us at the Whitefields Community Church booth. But we're also going to be having our friends from Grace FM are going to be out there handing out T-shirts, stickers. So if you like free stuff and you like free stuff from Grace FM or from Whitefields, we would love to have you come by our booth. We're going to be handing out popcorn and uh, talking to people about Jesus. And they're going to be passing out T-shirts and talking to people about Jesus. And so it's going to be a good time. So Rhythm on the River, if you are in the Longmont area, come and look for us at that event. So the, again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 is the text number. So we had uh, one question texted in, and that is this. It says, how old is Psalm 1? Some say that it predates the slavery in Egypt, but in the text of the psalm, it refers to the law. 
but the law wasn't given uh, at the Exodus. Oh, it was given, oh, so I guess they're saying the law was given after the Exodus. In other words, after the people of Israel left Egypt. So, in other words, the question is, is Psalm 1 older than the Exodus? Was it written before slavery in Egypt or was it written after the Exodus because it mentions the law? So let's, let's first of all, let's take a look at Psalm 1 and then let's see uh, if that gives us any clues. But I do have some thoughts on that. So let's go over here. So Psalm 1 says this, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that, drives the, that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So yes, it does directly mention the law of the Lord, which I think is a big giveaway that it was um, that it was probably written after the Exodus. Um, so here's the thing to know about the Psalms that they're not in chronological order, and so what that means is that the Psalms, you know, this is written. They're written actually. They're kind of grouped in order of um, topic, right? So that the things that they address but they were written at different times and i'm sure that there are many of them which do predate the exodus uh perhaps there are some actually i, I guess i can't guarantee that i assume that there are some which might even predate the exodus um, but i as far as i know most of them come after the exodus so i'm actually i found a great tool and it is on the blue letter bible and it gives you the uh, kind of estimated date for when different psalms were composed or written. And so I would I would recommend you look for that tool. So go look Blue, Blue Letter Bible and just type in, um, let's see, charts and outlines and probable occasion for when each psalm was composed. And you'll see a list here of when they assume or when they guess that different psalms were written. And it looks to me like the oldest ones are all written around 1000 AD and that those are written by David. So uh, what I'm seeing is that from, from scholars who have studied these things and what they try to line them up with different scriptures and put them in a timeline of when they think they were written, it looks like the oldest Psalms seem to be written uh, in the time of David, which would have definitely been after the uh, Exodus, right? After the children of Egypt or children of Israel came out of Egypt where they were in slavery for 400 years, they came out, they received the law of God. And then, uh, you know, there was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness after they failed to obey God's direction to enter the promised land because they were afraid of the giants. You remember, so that whole generation that re that was the ones who experienced the Exodus and they received the law of God, that whole generation had to wander in the wilderness until they all died and the new generation would enter into the promised land and take it over. Then you had the time of the judges and then finally you had the time of the kings. Saul being the first king, David being the second king of the kingdom of Israel and David being the one who was the prolific psalm writer writing all these songs. So what I'm reading is that they estimate Psalm 1 was written uh, either by David or by Ezra. And so Ezra would be at the time after the children of Israel came 
they you remember they were taken into captivity in Babylon and then they came back out and Ezra was the priest uh, at the time when they were coming back and reestablishing the city of Jerusalem after they came out of exile. So they're saying that perhaps this was written around the time it would line up with like Nehemiah chapter 13 uh, or it could be written during the time of David. So I think, yeah, for sure, the fact that it mentions the law of God is a giveaway that it was written probably after the Exodus. I personally don't see any evidence of any of the Psalms being written before the Exodus. So I hope that answers your question there. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sally right here in Longmont, Colorado. Hey, Sally. Welcome to the hey. I feel like I'm calling from Babylon. Uh, I think I have cause to feel that way. Okay. I, I said to the gentleman, I do not want to even allude to the situation, appreciating that I'm not calling Dr. Phil, but one of God's servants. So I have a situation, uh, to put it a uh, word picture very quickly, it's a gentleman... Uh, the gentleman is my husband of 37 years. It seems like he perhaps has been uh, vulnerable to uh, the satanic uh, effects on his life and and waging spiritual warfare. Uh, the types of underlying difficulties he have, I can appreciate would make him very vulnerable to being distracted by the lures of life and and ego and things like this. And, you know, we're reminded of that every time we become familiar, you know, with the biblical stories. So I don't want to have an attitude of you stink and I'm a good person. You know what I mean? Or even emote that in any way. I'm very careful not to do that. I think Hal would be very pleased to have me do that. I try not to react to his acting out and indulgences and outrageous outbursts and these sorts of things and being actually hateful to me. And I'm in a rather physically compromised situation and pretty much like Rapunzel uh, held up in this small apartment as we have no transportation and only he has friends. This is his community. Uh, I don't think they're aware that it's Babylonian because it's their lifestyle. And to be fair, I realize, of course, it's all they know. Okay. You know, and all they're groomed in and all that's familiar and of comfort in how they do life. And I am, you know, accepting of that. Um, but it is imported into this small apartment with things, you know, that are very legal and, okay, in Colorado now and things added to that. Mm. And that has never been my lifestyle. But I'm not sitting aloof and saying, look at you. I'm just saying, here's more. Here's more. How big can that word picture be? What people do, including myself, when it's all they know. Sure. So uh, and what, here's what my can I thing, help you? My last thing. 
the nature of my husband's problems, I don't want this to be an expose, but if I mention it, you'll know how intense they are. One is a biggie, uh, sexual addiction, and that for since he's 15. And the second is narcissism, and that isn't my own quick, uh, this is 37 years and I'm a retired RN of 42 years. And uh, so these so, things, we could, you know, appreciate how all of that stimuli and wantonness kind of ties up your thinking and desires. Sure. It kind of captures them. So and Sally, when you're can I just... doing that, you're not available to the Lord. So Sally, can I ask you, uh, do you have a question or a prayer request Here's that I could help you with? Here is the thing. Yeah, it's real important to me. Okay, I know that moment by moment I ask the Lord for strength and for the right way of looking at things by looking at Him constantly. Um, so it is this point. I can see in my husband's world that I seem to be the only Christian. And even though the Lord knows, like, that when I came here, it would be like landing on Normandy Beach. I'm here all by myself, knowing no one, and held up in this place. And so, daily, I thank God for getting me through, but I also uh, am a mature woman. I have a fractured hip and a dislocated lumbar disc. And I'm trying to do the best I can with that and take care of the house and da-da-da. But so, uh, my right. husband's behavior is actually reckless and endangering. Now, well, here's a biggie. I believe I'm at a point where I don't know if you're... Oh, Sally, I think you're cutting out now. So, hey, Can you hear me? Uh, you're cutting out on me, but I'm going to have to cut this short anyway uh sally maybe you could give me one or two things that you'd like prayer for or question answered okay i know that raymond i'm sorry i know my husband is around the sound by the influence of um the enemy of his life i mean he's engulfed in it and he doesn't even realize it's the enemy well and okay i'm gonna so, have to stop you there and sally and i'm gonna have to uh we're gonna Pray for you and your husband. It sounds like these are some difficult things that are weighing heavily on your heart. So let's go ahead and pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Sally. We thank you that she knows you and that she's walking with you. Lord, we pray for her husband and these things that uh, that she's concerned about, that she sees in his life. Certainly, it seems that there's some darkness and some uh, things in his life which are not pleasing to you. So, Lord, we ask that you would take hold of his heart. Lord, we pray that you would redeem uh, him and his life and his situation. Lord, we pray for Sally, Lord, that you would let her be a light. Lord, help her to uh, be able to have gracious words towards her husband, words that are seasoned with salt, uh, in other words, with the gospel as if with salt, and that she would have gracious words towards her husband. We ask that uh, she would truly be a light and and not just to tell him what he's doing wrong, but to point him towards Jesus and a better way. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with Sally. We pray that you would bring other people around her uh, to 
minister to her as she feels alone, and we pray that you would bless her. We pray for others too, Lord, people who are shut in, and uh, Lord, we pray that uh, they would, you would send Christian people to them to minister to them. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Sally, if you're uh, still listening, I'd like you to get in touch with the producer, and we'd like, you know, you're here in Longmont, where our church is here in Longmont. We would like to be able to reach out to you. I would love that. I would Great. Well, so be so appreciative of that. Talk to the producer. Give us some contact info, and I'll have okay. somebody from Whitefields oh, reach out to you. Oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Boy, all of a sudden, I feel a little air back in my wings. Glad Thanks. to hear it. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, uh, questions about things going on in your life that you'd like uh, biblical advice on, or if you just have a prayer request that you'd like us to pray for, we'd love to do that for you on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That text line again, 720-336-0897. We have a text question that came in regarding the Expositors Collective that we were talking about just a little bit ago. Oh, sorry about that. This is technical difficulty there. So we have a question that came in about the Expositors Collective um, that we were talking about a few minutes ago. This person is asking, why is the age limit uh, cut off at such a young age? What about somebody who's a little older, not able to preach? Or I, or is it that somebody who's a bit older is not able to preach? I don't understand why there's an age limit. Really, you know, the age limit, originally this was designed for people up to 30 years old. And uh, we decided to extend it even beyond that to 34. And the reason it's so low is because we really want to focus on this up-and-coming generation. And that isn't at the at the discount of the older generation by any means. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you are interested, I'm going to uh, text you back at this number I got here for you. And um, I want you to know that we actually do something here at Whitefields in Longmont that is open to anybody of any age and it's very similar so it's a lot of the same material and it is a lot of uh, the same stuff and we do it for people and uh, we do two things one is that uh, we do a Christocentricity is what we call it Christocentricity or Christ in all of Scripture class we walk through a lot of the same things that are going to be discussed at the Expositors Collective and uh, we also have a thing which we are about to start up called the Preaching Lab. So this is anybody who is interested in preaching and just wants an ongoing type of mentorship or like a group where they can get together with other people who are working on developing this skill. Because I do believe it's a there's a there's a degree of gifting, but there's also a degree of skill that you can steward and develop in this area of presenting the scriptures well. And so. We are going to be doing that here at Whitefields. And so if you'd like more information on that, email us, info at whitefieldschurch.com, info at whitefieldschurch.com, and ask us about our school of ministry. So this is a school of ministry thing that we do, which is very similar to the Expositors Collective, but it doesn't have an age limit. So if you're beyond the age limit for the Expositors Collective, we are going to be starting that up. And actually, uh, we have one of our classes starting on Monday of next week. So... Monday, I believe that is July 9th, we have a class starting here at our classroom here in Longmont uh, for Whitefields, and then we're going to do it again in the fall. 
So if you're not able to make the Expositors Collective, maybe that's something that you could do. But we want the Expositors Collective to be about making the younger generation understand that we value them, and this is just for them. We're, we're wanting to know that, uh, we want them to know that we don't look down on their youth. In fact, we are excited that they are young people and they want to serve the Lord, and this is just a weekend for us to focus on them. So I hope that answers that question about the Expositors Collective. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you taking your calls and texts on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-0897. We are going to a two-minute break, uh, but give us a call and we'll get you on on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if you have a prayer request, if you have something going on in your life that you'd like to know what does the Bible say about that, we would love to hear from you, talk with you, pray for you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Nine, seven. We have all open lines right now, so do give us a call. We can get you right on the air. Again, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. In the meantime, let's go back over to our text line. A few questions that have come in. One person asks, what is the gift of tongues and how does it work? Well, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Um, and here's what it is. The gift of tongues, so the first time we see this, is in action, let's put it this way. The first time we see this in action is in Acts chapter 2. Although I guess that could be argued. There are some times in the Old Testament where, where we have some evidences of that and specifically we have a prophecy about it. But I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. So in Acts chapter 2, we see that on the day of Pentecost, Jesus had made this promise to his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. He said, um, you know, I'm going to send you out, but before you go out, you wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, who he's going to send to you. And here's what he says. He says, um, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And they asked him, Lord, when are you coming to restore your kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has fixed for his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so what we know is that from that point on, it was 10 days later. So they waited and they prayed and they were in this upper room in Jerusalem and they were waiting and praying. And as they were waiting and praying, as the day of Pentecost came, which was a, a Jewish festival uh, called the Feast of Weeks. And uh, so there are a lot of people in 
Jerusalem at that time, people from all over, uh, Jews from all over the place, and people who are interested in Judaism. And so we know there are people from all kinds of other countries who spoke different languages, uh, even though they were Jews, or they were interested in Judaism. And it was at that time that the Holy Spirit, we read in chapter 2 of Acts, the day of Pentecost arrived, they were together in one place, 120 of them, uh, gathered in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit came on them with the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. It says that uh, tongues of fire appeared and rested on each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it says that other people began to hear them. So here's what it says. There were dwelling in Jerusalem at that time, Jews from every nation under heaven. And as this sound at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these all Galileans? How is it that we hear them in our native tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, uh, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya. And, and they go on and list all these languages. And they say, you know, what is this? Are these people filled with wine? Are they drunk? They said it's only 10 in the morning. These people shouldn't be drunk at this time of day. And it says that at that time, the apostle Peter stepped up and he spoke. And he spoke in a language which was common. He probably spoke in Greek, but he might have spoken in Hebrew. We don't know. But Greek would have been really the the trade language would have been the language that most people would have understood and so it's likely that he would have spoken in that language and he says to them uh, men of judea all you in jerusalem let this be known we are not drunk as you might think it's only the third hour or 10 a.m in the morning and he says um, this is what was uttered through the prophet joel and so that gets back to what i was just mentioning that this was something that was prophesied uh, we might see an example of this uh, being in like first Samuel with the with the King Saul when when the spirit came upon him it says that he uttered utterances that he was overcome by the Holy Spirit and he uttered utterances but we definitely see a prophecy about this in Joel chapter 2 and here's what that prophet prophecy says and it's quoted here in Acts chapter 2 it says in the last days it shall be God declares I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams and so we have this uh, this uh, prophecy about how there will be these these signs in the last times in the last period of history uh, after and so what he's saying there is that with Jesus's resurrection and ascension into heaven that has essentially kicked off what we might call the last days and so he says this is this is what Joel spoke about that in the last days the Holy Spirit would be poured out and there would be these manifestations and what he's saying is this speaking in tongues is one of these manifestations of the filling of the Holy Spirit in the last times so what is the gift of tongues so there we see it in Acts chapter 2 but we also have it spoken of a lot in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14, and specifically in chapter 14. So we learn a lot about the, the gift of tongues and what it is in Acts chapter 14. And then there's going to be one other verse I'm going to point you, I'm sorry, in, in 1 Corinthians 14. And then there's going to be one other verse I'll point you to over in Romans chapter 8, which we'll get to in a minute. But basically, here's what happens in 1 Corinthians. Paul is listing different gifts of the Holy Spirit in chapter 12 and then in chapter uh, 14 he really dials in on two gifts specifically and those are the gifts of prophecy and the gift of tongues 
And his main argument there in chapter 14 is that all of the gifts are for the building up of the church. The one gift of all the spiritual gifts which benefits the individual and not the church is the gift of speaking in tongues. That is the gift that through which a person builds themselves up in the Lord. And so he says there, therefore, when you're gathered as a church, it's more profitable for there to be a word of prophecy. In other words, a word from the Lord. He actually defines what prophecy is. He says in chapter 14, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, their encouragement, and their consolation. And so he says, you know, I'd rather there be a few words spoken in a understandable language than many words spoken in an unknown language. And he says, if there are people who speak in give utterances in tongues uh, in these languages that they uh, should have an interpretation and that there should be a limited number of them happening at a at a gathering of Christians uh, because you have to be mindful of who else is in the room basically he's just being saying be thoughtful of who else is in the room you know be thoughtful of the fact if there are unbelievers in the room and this whole thing freaks them out <laughs> and they're uh, turned off by it so he says be cognizant of those things so to make it clear, here's a brief synopsis. The, the gift of tongues, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is for the purpose of praising God in a way that transcends the limitations of human language and speech. So I'll say it again. It's a, a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is for the purpose of praising God in a way that transcends the limitations of human language and speech. I'll say this. It is not for the message. Uh, it's not for the purpose of giving messages or preaching sermons or, or giving messages to other people. Now, here's why we know that, because he says very clearly that the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. This is 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. In other words, speaking in tongues is good for the person who does it, but not really for anybody else. It's not meant to give uh, a message from God. And here's the other reason we know that. Uh, verse 2 of chapter 14 says this, the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but speaks to God. And so that's the direction of tongues. It is meant to speak to uh, God, but not to other people. And actually some people say, well, what about Acts chapter 2? Doesn't it say that they were preaching the gospel in different languages? Actually, it doesn't say that. It says, uh, I'll read it again. It says, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it says what they were doing, they were uh, speaking the mighty deeds of God. So in other words, were they preaching the gospel? No, what they were doing was they were praising God in those different languages that uh, they, were, uh, they were given. And so all that that tells us is this, this is a prayer language. An interesting verse in this is in that same section, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 13. And then in chapter 13, it's kind of like uh, he takes a break from listing the gifts and describing the gifts, and he wants to give a caveat. And he says, hey, look, you can have all the gifts in the world, but if you don't have love, then it's all for naught. I mean, really, the most important is to have love, not just to have an ability. So he says uh, in verse 1 of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries. So what he's doing here in chapter 13 is he's going one by one through several of the spiritual gifts, which he introduced us to in chapter 12 and talking about how, okay, you might have this gift, but 
what's most important is that you express love. Love is the greatest way. And so, but I, I want to just point out one interesting thing. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, so tongues, languages of men and of angels, this, this verse itself has led to a lot of people saying, well, does that mean that there are two kinds of speaking in tongues? When I, when I was in seminary, uh, I did a class on this. It's called glossolalia is the um, kind of technical theological word we use for this. It's the study of this question of speaking in tongues. And this is one of the main uh, ideas behind it is that, okay, maybe there are two kinds of speaking in tongues. The, the one is what we see in Acts chapter 2, where we see them speaking in known languages. But another form seems to be uh, this, what he refers to as the tongues of angels, meaning these are not known human languages. It might sound like uh, gibberish, but what it is is it's uh, the Holy Spirit giving you the ability to communicate with God, to praise God, by overriding or overcoming or transcending the limitations of human language. I think that's one thing that we should recognize is that uh, human language has its limitations. Like, for example, I have a two-year-old, and she is able to speak, but she's definitely limited by what she's able to express of what she's feeling. She can't express all of the things that she's thinking or feeling or observing because of her li because her language is helpful to her, but it's still limits her so she's held back by it and in the same way no matter how good you get or proficient you get in a language you are always going to be limited by it in some ways you're going to feel things when you say it is hard to express what i'm feeling it's hard to find the words that express what i want to say and so that's where i would take you to the book of acts or i'm sorry the book of romans chapter 8 verse 26 and here's what he says likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness Check this out. For when we do not know what to pray as we ought, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I put that in the same category as the gift of tongues. This is when it, it's a time when you're like, I want to cry out to the Lord. I want to praise the Lord. Maybe you're just overcome with a desire to praise the Lord. And you just feel like, man, these words that I'm using, they just feel so insufficient. God, isn't there a way that I could overcome these insufficiencies or these uh, these limitations of human language. Or maybe there's a time when you're so overcome with grief that you say, I, I just don't know, and all you can do is maybe cry or, or weep or, or you, you want to express what you're feeling. You want to ask the Lord for help, but you just can't find the words. And what he's saying is the Holy Spirit helps us in those times. So it is a gift of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of praising God in a way that transcends the limitations of human language and speech not forgiving messages to other people. The key passages are Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, and Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 26. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have open lines still. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. That's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go over to the text line. We've got several texts that have come in in the meantime. So let's go through these. Person says, "Please help me." For the past year, I've been struggling with really dark thoughts about the state of my eternity. I grew up in church, but I have fallen away, and I try to repent and get closer to God, but I feel I have committed the unpardonable sin, and I fall back into depression and hatred towards myself. 
When I pray, I just feel completely guilty and abandoned, and I don't know what else to do. Well, hey, I'm so glad that you wrote me. Um, I'm glad that you wrote this because I'm guessing a couple of things. Number one, you're probably not the only person who feels this way, so I'm glad that you wrote this because I'm sure there are some other people listening who can say, I absolutely relate to that. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, no matter what feelings we might have, the truth of the gospel is truer still than our feelings. And here's what I would tell you, that the very fact that you feel that you, you feel guilty, you feel that you desire to come to God, that tells me that you're not lost. And it tells me that you haven't committed the unpardonable sin. Just for anybody who's listening and isn't sure, the Bible does talk about a sin which cannot be forgiven, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So what is that exactly? I would define the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit just taking everything into consideration that's talked about in this topic. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit would be when you reject the call and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is in every person's life who is not a believer, the call and ministry of the Holy Spirit is to draw them to Jesus and show them that they need a Savior. It's to bring them to the point of salvation. And so the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring you to salvation and to bring conviction to your life. And the, Jesus talked about this, by the way, in John chapters 14 and 16. He said that the, the work of the Spirit, he brings conviction of sin righteousness and judgment and so here's what i want you to know it, you are not at the point where you have done that because if you were then you, god would not be striving with you still and you still wouldn't care right you can get to this point of having a calloused heart where kind of like when you play the guitar how you get calluses on your finger where what was once painful no longer has any feeling anymore at all you can get to that point uh, when it comes to sin and when it comes to God, where the Holy Spirit, you no longer even care or feel or heed the call of the Holy Spirit to you anymore. So the very fact that you care, the very fact that you're upset about this tells me that you're not uh, lost beyond redemption. And here's the other thing about the, the gospel is that it's true no matter whether you feel it or not. I just used this analogy on Sunday. I was reading this book and there was a, a really great analogy and, uh, and I used it in church this Sunday, and I think it applies to you too. And here's what the analogy was. It was that if you ever look at the way that lions hunt, it's very, very fascinating, right? And so you might know this, that most of the hunting by lions is done by the lionesses. So it's the girls that you need to be the most afraid of, right? The guys look scary because they've got the big mane and they've got the loud roar. But it's really the girls that you need to watch out for, the lionesses. They're the really dangerous ones. And what the lionesses do is they sneak up behind someone and they will lie in wait, and they're able to lie in wait even for prolonged periods of time in the tall grass and just remain totally still like a statue. But the way that they fight, a lot of people think, okay, it's only the, the lionesses that do the hunting, but the lions, the male lions, actually have a big role to play in that. And what they'll do is that they will come around the front, and they will let out this roar that is so loud that... Uh, that it's able to be heard up to five miles away. And it even shakes the ground a little bit when they roar. And so if you're a gazelle or some kind of antelope or something, and what will happen is you'll see this roar, and in your instinct is to run away from the roar. And But what happens is as you run away from the roar, what are you doing? You're running right into the trap that's been set for you. As you run away from the roar, you're running right into the trap of the... Uh, you know, the, the lioness who's waiting there to devour you. And that's your, you know, your final last move is to follow your instinct. And wh what it means is that there's these animals, like these gazelles and antelopes, and 
their instinct is actually wrong. To follow their instinct actually leads to their demise. And so that's what I want you to to keep in mind in this case. Actually, the smartest thing to do would be to run towards the roar, uh, even though you don't feel like it. So how does that apply to your situation? Here's what it applies as, is that you need to understand that there are some cases, like I believe in your case, where your instincts, the feelings that you're feeling, these are not feelings that are from God. Remember, condemnation, feelings that move you away from God, are not from the Lord. And so... I would encourage you that in spite of your instinct to say, I guess I'm just lost and I'm just depressed and I hate myself, rather to run into the gospel and, and believe the gospel. And here's the message of the gospel, that God loves you and he's proved his love for you on the cross definitively in Christ. One scripture I'll read for you and then I'll move on to our next caller. And that is this, Romans 8, for, or chapter 5, verse 8. God shows his love or proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's how you know that God loves you and cares about you. He's proved it in his actions. And so, friend, I just want you to be encouraged that you have not committed the unpardonable sin, and I know that because you still care. And I want to tell you the door of salvation is open to you if you will receive God's grace. And here's the good news of the gospel. It isn't about what you do or have done in the past. It's about what Jesus did for you. So rather than looking to yourself, I want to ask you to look to him and put all your trust in him. And, uh, and he is able to cover over all of those past sins and able to give you new life in him. So thank you for that text and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to Linda in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Linda. Hi, Welcome hi, to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Yes, I need prayer for myself. Um, I'm a born and Christian, and my sister, we've been very, very close this last past couple of years, and I had invited her to a general conference at my church, and I don't know if I said something wrong or she took her wrong, but we haven't spoke for about a month, and I've been asking God for a word. That her and I will, you know, be uh, godly women. And, and if you said, my followers, did I say something or did she tell something? And I've just been praying on Pastor Nick. So I need prayer for myself. Yes. Okay, well, let me pray for you and for your sister. Heavenly Father, we pray for Linda. We pray for her sister. Um, Lord, we know that you love to see reconciliation. Lord, you've reconciled us to yourself in the gospel and you've given us the ministry of reconciliation. So Lord, we pray that you would do, uh, that there would be a breakthrough in this uh, relationship with Linda and her sister. And Lord, we pray that the, you, there would be a softening of hearts, that there would be a softening of hearts as we consider, and as the, the two of them consider what you have done for us in Christ. How despite our mistakes and our shortcomings and our blatant sins, Lord, you have forgiven us and you have not treated us as enemies, but you have treated us as friends. And Lord, I pray that, that there would be a breakthrough in their relationship. And I pray that there would be a, a word from you for Linda and that, Lord, that it would really be a, a beautiful reconciliation would take place. And I pray that, Lord, you give Linda just a just a great affinity for her sister as she prays for her, that she would just love her, that she would just, her heart would be filled for love, uh, with love for her sister, and, and likewise for her sister, whatever happened, Lord, I pray that there would just be an overwhelming love that they would feel for each other, and that that would overcome uh, these things that they've gone through. So we pray that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick. You bet. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are coming up on the last uh, five, six minutes of the show. Uh, the number is 303-690-3000. And I think we only have time for one or two more calls. So if you want to get in, maybe give us a call, 303-690-3000. In the meantime, let's go to Michelle, who uh, is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Michelle. Ooh, Michelle, are you there? It looks like we might have lost Michelle, but I do see a note here that uh, Michelle had a prayer request about anger. So she's struggling with anger. So I'd like to just pray for Michelle uh, anyway, even though we don't have her on the line. Heavenly Father, we pray for Michelle and we pray for others who are struggling uh, with anger. Lord, we pray for her, Lord, that you would uh, help her in these things. Lord, that you would help her to see uh, that you, Lord, are in control, that you are the true judge of all the earth, and Lord, that all sin is going to be dealt with fairly and rightly by you. I don't know what's causing her anger, Lord, but I do know that you yourself felt anger, you felt righteous anger. We know that not all the time is our anger righteous. And so, Lord, we repent of the times when we've been angry in ways that are not righteous, in ways that are unrighteous anger. Um, and Lord, we ask for your forgiveness in that. But we also ask that you give us the strength to overcome that. We pray that you'd fill us with love, with the fruits of the Spirit. We remember what your word says, that we, uh, if we sow to the Spirit, we will reap life. So Lord, I pray for Michelle, and I pray for others who struggle with anger, or that we would be sowing to the Spirit, and as we do that, that we would reap the fruits of the Spirit. Lord, uh, we ask that uh, truly those fruits would be seen in our lives, that we would be showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things which are the result of sowing to the Spirit, putting your word in our hearts, and focusing on, uh, on the Lord and seeking you, and, uh, and prayer, prayer and seeking you in those ways. So Lord, I pray for Michelle, that you would help her as she struggles in those ways. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are coming up just in the last couple minutes of our show. I have one question texted in. Uh, Pastor Nick, do you know the theme song for Jeff Figg's radio show, Under the Fig Tree? No, I don't, but I bet that we could find that out for you. So if there's anybody out there who does know the theme song for uh, the Under the Fig Tree radio program, which airs at 3.30 on Grace FM, uh, give us, send us a text, or uh, maybe our producer even knows the title, but uh, I'm not sure about the answer for that, but uh, yeah. I'll find out. I can even find out for you from Pastor Jeff. I'm filling in for him today anyway. Uh, another texter writes in and says this. Why do churches have steeples? Aren't those pagan? Uh, I am not aware of any as an obelisk. Okay, I see that. So they're saying that a, a steeple is a pagan obelisk. Um, you know, I think this is uh, one of those instances in which... Uh, you have to ask the question, why are they using the thing that they're using? Are they using it? You know, an obelisk could be used as a you know, pagan symbol, but it's not necessarily a pagan symbol, is it, right? So I, I would say the reason why most churches that I know that have a steeple is because they want to put a cross on top or they want to have something that's visible from far away as kind of a beacon that says, hey, this is a place that you can come to and, uh, and we will preach Christ. 
and we'll lift up Jesus and the word of God. So uh, I am not aware of any kind of uh, pagan undertones in the history of steeples, but... Um, Oh, here we have an answer to the previous question. The name of the song of the um, the name of the song that plays at the beginning of Pastor Jeff's radio program is "Set Apart," and is by the group Worship Central. So, "Set Apart" by Worship Central to answer that previous question and to answer this question just decisively. I don't think steeples are particularly pagan. I think that you can use different shapes in different ways. You know, you could you could make this same argument that the triangle has been used as a symbol of uh, alternative communities, alternative lifestyles, but it's also been used as a symbol of the Trinity. You know, so I don't think that uh, we can say that any one particular group has any uh, complete ownership over, over a symbol like a steeple or an obelisk. Another example of this, you know, Paul the Apostle, he says, you know, there's nothing in and of itself which is sin, right? So sin is what you do with that thing, so an object. So for example, you know, you could take a knife and you can use it to prepare dinner for your children, or you can take a knife and you can stab someone. It doesn't mean that uh, knives are inherently good or bad, it just means what you do with it. So if you have an obelisk and you are using it for pagan worship, that is not good. If you are using a steeple to proclaim that, hey, this is a place that's a lighthouse for the gospel, then I think that is good. So let's go to uh, one more question. Oh, I see. Okay, we have a, someone wanting to get in contact with someone who had a um, miscarriage. So let's let's end our show right now. We have a short time, one minute. Let's pray for those who have struggled with miscarriages, and then I'm going to sign off. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are struggling with fertility issues, and particularly for women and men who have been struggling with having miscarriages. Lord, we know that you know what it is like to lose uh, a person you love, and we, so, Lord, we know that you feel compassion for these people. Would you bring them comfort in their affliction, we pray, and would you give them the hope of the gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I will be with you again next week. God bless you, and have a great holiday. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.